and welcome to the Destiny Prague podcast. Our heart is to see people empowered by the love of Jesus and activated by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Word of God is still relevant today, and we trust that this message will bless you, challenge you, and fill your heart and mind with the truth of who God is and who you are in Christ. We believe that God has a plan for your life, and we want to journey a road of discipleship with you as you discover who He has called you to be. If you'd like to connect with us, check out our website at destinychurch.cz. Let's go. Do you believe that the Word of God is alive? It changes things. Do you believe that God has a design for us all on how to do life? Do we believe that He wants to prosper you, not to harm you? Good, well, that's written, quote-unquote, in the Scriptures. If you believe these things, right, and we're going to look into the Scripture now, you're going to see that peace... God's peace is part of his design for us, right? It's how he's designed for us to live. I think I'm, am I feeding a little bit? No, good. God's got a design for us to do life in, right? And he wants us to keep his ways because when we keep his ways, when we do things by his instruction, when we abide in him, that's a nice biblical word. It means to act in acceptance of and follow instruction that has been given. So when we abide in Him, we do life God's way. When we do life God's way, there are promises that we unlock in His Word. Right? Just yes. So when we do things His way, there are promises that He promises us. He promises us that we will live life in abundance. He promises us life through the Spirit. He promises prosperity. He promises blessing. You'll see now, I'm going to intro this, and I could probably drop the mic right there, because he's promised peace from Genesis already. And all you have to do is read a couple of Psalms to realize, oh, okay, peace is actually a promise. Yet how many of us are not at peace? So many of us. And we keep, I sound like a stuck record every time I'm up here, because I'm just so counterculture at the moment when you read the Word of God. Because culture says, hey, get peace in, I don't know, whatever, the latest documentary in my favorite term as a business person, mindfulness. 12 years in professional services, I still quite, can't quite work out what mindfulness means. I've tried to sit there and just be mindful of things. I don't know what that means. But it's stuff like this that the world has created, conjured up, designed to find peace. Right, to get us to a place where we're relaxed, and that's peace. I don't think when you look at the Word of God that He promises relaxation. I don't think peace and relaxation are going together in the Word of God. I'm not saying that you can't relax in Him. That's not at all what I'm saying. But there's a peace that's different, a peace that surpasses all understanding, which means when the world is on fire like it is now, you're resting in your identity and you have faith in him you have faith that he's got the ultimate say he's got the final word he's in control right that's a peace that he's given us that you're not identified by your job or the title that you hold or the rank in your family or the oldest brother or the husband or whatever it may be but there's a peace that he gives us check this out it's my intro Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? 
when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Word of God says you were sealed by His Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you. As the Holy Spirit continues to work in you, and He continues to transform us into the likeness of Christ Jesus. You can go read all of this. Go read Hebrews. Right? That what happens is as He starts to work in my life, and He starts to rid me of all the junk, right? There are certain products, byproducts that need to be produced in my life. Gentleness, self-control, love, peace. Peace is one of them. Romans 8.6 says, A mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. A mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. It says in Ephesians that we were bought. There was a contract that was instated. Jesus paid the price, signed in blood. He bought you from a contract of sin and death into a contract of life through the Spirit. Right? I'm not making this up. This is literally verbatim in the Word of God. Right? We need to know these things. So when you've been bought, Jesus paid the ultimate price. You get His Holy Spirit. You do life through the Spirit. And you push into the things of God, it says, a mind governed by His Spirit produces and is life and peace. I paraphrase that because the preface to that says, life by the flesh is death. So anything outside of doing life with the Spirit doesn't yield any fruit. And it doesn't yield peace in your life. I don't care if you feel relaxed and good about yourself when you're with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It's not a sustained peace that God has provided us. Psalm 34 verse 1, seek peace and pursue it. Proverbs 12, 20, but those who promote peace have joy. Okay, that's something I want. don't know about you guys. We want to be joyous. We want to be peaceful. These are the promises of God. Those who promote peace have joy. Proverbs 16, verse 7. <laughs> you didn't put them up. You just listed them. Proverbs 16, verse 7. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. Right? When you're doing things God's way, when he takes pleasure in the way that you do things, because it's by his design, he causes your enemies to make peace with them. This is God fighting my battles. This is God taking the heavy lifting. This is God's yoke that is easy, his burden that is light, exercising itself out in the way that I do life, right? It's not difficult, actually, if you think about it. If I had to summarize it for those that are mathematical, George, and anyone that comes nearly close to you, it's do things God's way. Do things God's way. How do we know what God's way is? It's in His Word. He is real. He's alive. Talk to Him. Ask Him. Pray. We'll talk about that in a moment. John 14, verse 27. Peace on earth. And He says this a lot. My peace be with you. I give you my peace. There are so many scriptures where Jesus, even the angels, interface with people. Peace on earth, the angels say to the shepherds. Jesus said, my peace be with you. Jesus said, I need to go. The Holy Spirit will come, the comforter. I'm going to give you my peace. Right? You see, peace is a byproduct of being in communion with God and the Holy Spirit. It's 
the currency of peace dates back right to Genesis. And you'll see peace mentioned as a common theme throughout the Bible. The Word of God encourages us to seek it, pursue it, have it, live at peace with everyone. Romans 12 calls us to be peacemakers. This is challenging for some of us, ladies. I mean, everyone in general. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Ify. Actually, Ify, it's good to see you today, man. Okay. The Word of God calls us to be peacemakers, right? That's difficult sometimes. Some of us like drama. I'm not. I'm way too old for that now. But think about it. I'm being, I'm being, I'm joking now, but I'm being dead serious about it. Think about it. What is your default? Some people like drama. They like to provoke. They like to cause chaos. They like to disrupt. Right? Pursue it. Have it. Live at peace with everyone. Keep unity through peace. The word of God says. There's an instruction to keep unity within this body. How do we do that? By being peacemakers. Which means when I've got a fence with someone, it's on me to make sure that I make peace with that individual. Why? Because unity is a biblical instruction for the body, right? Are we people that pursue peace? The Word of God says as well, <clears throat> I think in Philippians, the peace of God will guard your hearts. God's peace will guard your hearts. And there are so many references to peace in the Bible. Maybe today you've tried everything to try and find peace in your life. Love, hobbies. If you have kids, you don't have hobbies. Just, just kidding. We try. Love, hobbies, nature. Nature's a big thing in the Czech Republic, right? We think that getting out to the forest, clearing our heads, being offline, no Wi-Fi, that's peace, right? It's a form of relaxation for sure, and it might be peaceful. But this is not the peace that God is talking about. Mindfulness, still battle with that one. Therapy, maybe you've tried medication, maybe money. Maybe you think money brings you peace. It doesn't. I'm telling you it doesn't. I know because I don't have much of it. <laughs> but speaking to those that have much, I think they're less at peace, to be quite honest. Sex doesn't bring you peace. I'm speaking to people that are not married people that are engaging in sexual relations outside of marriage, which is God's design for sex. We talk about design. Sex will not bring you peace. And while these things might, in a moment, give you a false sense of relaxation, false sense of peace for a moment, it's not the true peace that God has designed for you. He promised the peace that the world cannot give. The world cannot give it. So if you're looking for it in any of these things and other things, the gym, not going to give you peace. Only God can give you the peace that he's promised. Everything else will be short-lived. It is only found in knowing him and living a life pleasing to him. So who and what is peace? Peace is a person. Very simply put, peace is a person. It's Jesus. And Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit. Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the greatest of his government and peace, there will be no end. He is peace. He is governance end to end. We speak about peace. Peace is not the absence of chaos. Sometimes we strive to live a life free of drama, free of politics, free of whatever. I think we're called to be peaceful people in and amongst the chaos. We're called to be people that bring peace into chaos. We're called to be people, peacemakers, in our family situations where things are tough, where people don't talk to each other. We're called to be people that carry peace into our workplace when it's political, when it's cutthroat, people want to get ahead. People will tread upon each other to get ahead, promotion, finances. We want to bring peace into this situation. This is what we're called to do. We want to be, bring peace into our body, into our communities. In actual fact, when you go read the book of Daniel, which we've been speaking about in the last month, this is exactly this. Daniel got pulled into a society that was corrupt. But the very peace of God brought peace within his connection to the king at the time and allowed God's presence to infiltrate that society. We look at when Jesus appears to his disciples, John 20 verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. So Jesus has, has come back to life, and he's meeting with the disciples. They're fearful at the time, the Jewish leaders. They're not sure what they will do to them. Jesus came and stood among them, and the first thing he says is, Peace be with you! Exclamation mark. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed. Right? There's joy and peace. Overjoyed when they saw the Lord. In 21, he says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus comes into a situation where you're fearful, where things are chaotic, where you don't know what to do. And in their case, it's locking the doors, fearful of what the religious leaders would do at that time. And the first thing he says is, peace be with you. You see, when you're doing communion with God and you find yourself in a chaotic situation, this is what his Holy Spirit does. Peace be with you. And immediately there was a sense of, and I can imagine the disciples going, if he says, his peace be with me, I can relax. Hey, Can you imagine Jesus? He's just died. They've seen him die. He's come back to life. They're putting their fingers in his hands and his side. And he's going, chill, it's okay. Don't worry about it. They're not going to touch you. Can you imagine what that's like? And for a moment, everything that they were fearful of just disappears in a second. And they're able to engage with him. And it says they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You see, when we push into the things of God, I believe this is the peace that he brings to us. You know, Cole said something when she opened this morning. And you know... We might snicker and think it's cheesy, but she says in 2024, she wants to go to the Word of God before she goes anywhere else. And you can look at that and you can go, well, sure, that's great. But this is honestly where we need to be running. And when there's no money coming, when your cash flow is terrible, 
when your relationships are falling to pieces, when your job's on the line, I don't know, your spouse doesn't like you. We're going to either try and fix these things on our own, right? Which is likely going to cause more anxiety, right? We're going to go to a self-help book, self-help book. We're going to research, look at the latest psychological trends, right? In order to find peace. Peace is found in him. And I'm not saying that there'll be resolution for your situation. Because sometimes the resolution is to just walk away from that job. Maybe the resolution is that you're not good with money and you shouldn't have it. But there's a peace that comes with knowing him that says it's okay to walk away from that thing. It's okay not to have that thing. I'm content with what I have today. My peace be with you. Jesus, may your peace infiltrate every situation in this room today. Especially over this season. This is the time to reconcile with family. This is the time to instill peace in family. I'm, I'm just, I'm worshiping and I'm looking at the words on the screen and there's something about this season that's wondrous. Do you get that feeling? I get that feeling when I'm worshiping and singing these songs. God becoming a babe, the savior of the world. Like you just, the whole narrative is magical in a sense. It's, you can't get this, you can't shake the sense of awe and reverence around the whole story. And when I start to just think about how God manifested himself as a child, the journey that he had to walk, right? Right to the place where he was persecuted, whipped, beaten, bleeding, only for him to come back and give peace. It's absolutely bizarre. Use the season, use December, use this Christmas season to make sure that you're bringing peace into the situations in your life that need peace. Where does peace come from? It comes through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us peace. John 14, 26. But the advocate, and we've preached this many times, the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus speaking, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said to you, right? So he teaches us. That's why you can have someone that's just come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, they can start to be discipled by the Spirit, right? And it says in verse 27, sorry, will teach of all things, I will remind, I will remind you of everything I have said to you. And in 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you with my peace. My peace is the Holy Spirit. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You see, there was instruction from God there. saying, I'm going to give you everything you need to pursue peace in your life. Because it comes through my Holy Spirit. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And we're going to read a little bit later that actually the Bible says that there will be chaos in this world. But I've given you my peace, Jesus says. Romans 8, 6. I've said this already. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. See, a byproduct of doing life with the Holy Spirit is He starts to give you peace in your identity. And He makes you content with the things you have around you. This is the first two things I believe 
that he starts to reveal to you when you start to seek peace from the Holy Spirit. As he works on your identity, and as a spin-off of that, he makes you content with the things around you. Once you have those two things, you'll start to see that you'll start to live a life through faith, a life of faith. You see, when you don't know who God has called you to be, listen carefully, you start to take on the identity of things that are outside his design. Right? When I don't know that I'm loved, when I don't know who he's called me to be, I'm seeking love elsewhere. I'm doing life outside of his design. When I'm called to be humble, but I'm actually proud, and proud and pride works its way out in my life, and I'm all off to position and wealth and territory and status, that's outside of God's design for you. And it leads to death. It doesn't lead to peace. Pride kicks into your life, you become boastful, pursuing material things that please man and drives you into debt. Makes you a slave to money. You pursue worldly position over, uh, uh, possessions over the things of God. Before you know it, you're living a completely different life to what God has called you to be. And there are so many areas like this. When you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, you start to live a life outside of his design. It's really important to know who you are. He teaches us to be content with the things that you have. This is something difficult. You see, we live in a world that's designed now and conditioned us to be quite selfish. I'm going to say it as it is. It's all about me, how quickly I can get ahead, how much I can have, right? Some of us come from societies where it's much easier to see wealth, right? We come from a country where if you're driving a 1980 VW Golf, like, oh, shame, he's, he's poor. Like, let's put him on our list to pray for this this week, right? Um, if you're not driving a BMW M3, you're considered poor. And we start to compare. We live our lives through Instagram and TikTok, and we see that everyone's a millionaire at the age of 19. And we start to tell ourselves that we haven't achieved. And when we do life to the Spirit, it says none of those things really matter. Let me teach you to be content with what you have, right? Let me show you what I can do with a little bit, right? That's why you see Jesus sitting next to the money box and a woman thrown into, what, copper coins, it says. It was never about the money. It was always about the heart. And I believe when we get to a place of being content with who we are, with what we have, with who we're married to, with who we're dating, we counsel a lot of young people that want to get married. Man, it takes us like weeks of just trying to realize that they're a different person. You're not going to change that. You're going to learn to love that. Be content with what we have. He teaches you to be content with what you have and understand that he looks after and promotes those that earnestly seek him. Being content with what you have, stewarding what you have for now, no matter how much or how little, brings peace. He teaches you good stewardship. Why am I telling you these things? When you do life through the Holy Spirit, when you really earnestly seek Him and you say, Father, and I did this in my life, like I wasn't tithing, 
I always talk about finances. I brought my finances into the realm of God, and I said, I want blessing in this area. I don't want more of it. I certainly don't want to feel like I'm bleeding every month, but I want your blessing on it. And his blessing, in response to me, was teaching me how to steward it. And you know what it was? It was be content with what you have. Those things that you spend money on, they're worthless. Stop doing that. And you know what started to happen as he started to transform? I started to be generous. Right? I started to give. I wanted to bless more. My heart was to give away. And then he started to add. You see? Because that's how he works. Once he can trust you with a little, he'll trust you with much. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus, and he gets you to a place of contentment, you're at peace with what you have and who you are. When you know who you are and you're content with what you have, you put your life more and more into his hands, and you live and begin to live a life of faith, knowing that God can make it happen. Listen to what I'm saying. When I know who I am, when he has me in his hands, when I understand his design is to prosper me, not to harm me, when I know that I'm a child of God, when I'm content with everything that he's given me, I'm in a place of gratitude and I'm thankful for everything I had, and I'm not coveting what my neighbor has, because he warns us against that, I start to believe in him for everything. I start to trust him for everything. I start to have faith knowing that he's in control. He has the final word in every area of my life. Promotion comes through him. I will find a life partner when he's ready to give it to me, right? Fear, anxiety disappears because his peace is starting to work its way into my heart, right? Are you with me? Wave at me if you get me this morning. It's simple stuff. It's simple stuff. But what happens? Philip said an interesting thing to me this week. He's like, you know, we scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. He's like, you know what? It's the enemy. And take this or leave it. I thought it, for me it was ministering to me. The enemy shortening our attention span. Shortening our attention span. We can't focus anymore. We can't sit and take an hour and be like, I'm going to push into the presence of God now. I'm going to, I'm going to put on the full armor now. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to go pray for my family. I'm going to go pray for reconciliation. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to pursue peace. What do we do? Go look at your screen time. Three hours a day on this thing. I thought that was quite interesting. Are we bringing peace into our circumstances? Or are we generally just adding to the chaos? Do we have peace in our relationships? Are we secure in our identities within our relationships? You, know, you want to know when re relationships are chaos? When there's drama? It's when you don't know who we are. Why? Because our insecurities fester. When I'm insecure in my marriage and I'm, I never know what's coming next and she doesn't know and we can't, you know, it's like it's, it's a room for disaster. We're going to be constantly doing this thing where we just don't get each other. We're constantly missing each other and we never get to really connect. But when I know who I am in Christ Jesus as a godly man and I know my, my place in the home and she knows her place in the home and who she is, that's our identity. When we come together, right? We can agree or disagree on certain things, but we're not shaken or moved by these things, right? Do you have peace in your relationships? Are we secure in our identities? Are we slow to anger? Quick to make peace. 
Or do we feed on drama? Do we desire constantly to be right? Yes. <clears throat> just kidding, just kidding. She is always right. Do we desire to constantly be right or to have the upper hand? You know, we laugh about this stuff, but I, we meet with more and more people. Because by design, in this day and age, we're independent. We grew up independent. We all have good jobs. We're able to survive on our own. Why do I need a man? Why do I need a woman? Right? And then when we come together, we want to constantly compare. Do we feel powerful when we get angry and instill fear in others, our partners, our kids? Are we content with where we are and what we have? Are we okay to gossip and demean our colleagues and friends to get ahead? I'm asking these questions because maybe we need to be pursuing peace in these areas. Are we making room for Jesus to receive his peace? If you're going to miss him, if you're not going to spend time with him, if you're not going to get into his word, if you're not going to get to know him, you're not going to understand his design and you're going to miss him. And you're going to spin in circles trying to find peace everywhere else. Let me save you the trouble. Rather put down the games, put down the phone, close that fictional book, spend 30 minutes getting to know him. Spend 10 minutes a day. Get a devotional book. When you get to know him and you get to know his Holy Spirit, you're going to want more. You want to, you're going to want to go deeper. And the more you push in, the more he gives back of who he is. Cannot pursue peace if we're not making time for Jesus. John 16.33 says this, I have told you these things. So Jesus is explaining to his disciples that he's going to go. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus says, so that in me you may have peace. You see, we need to be in him. Underline that. Because you will have trouble in this world. We can expect trouble. But we should pursue a peace that anchors us in him. He has overcome the world. I'm going to close here. Peace is in God's design for your life, no matter who you are. Or how loud the noise is in your head right now. He wants peace for you. You were sealed by His Spirit. It says in Luke 2, verse 14, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You see, when you accepted him as Christ and Savior in your life, you were sealed by his Spirit. His favor rests upon you. And therefore, he commands peace to you. His favor rests on you as you keep in step with his instructions for living a godly life. And he gives you his peace through the good and the bad times.
maybe some of you this Christmas will need the Prince of Peace to give you his peace so that you can be at peace. Can we stand for a moment? Psalm 29, 11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. 